0: Hey, everybody, it is Steve and Tomek of Fanboys back at you. It's been a long time, Tomek. We haven't, we haven't, we've been, well, almost a month, right?
1: Yeah, hello, Steve. Yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and just for the, for clarity and in the interest of um, of relieving any pressure upon Tomek, it is all my doing why we did not um, have have these, uh, the we didn't do previews of either Boston or London. We had planned to and. Things came up in my world and just didn't just didn't get done and didn't happen. So what we are gonna do though is we're gonna do a post op of the both the Boston and the London races. I had multiple people reach out to me and say, I would really love to hear your take on it. I would really love to hear Tomek's take on it. So we're gonna give you that. So we'll cover that for a while. Um, I think we'll have lots to talk about, both the men's and the women's races in um, Boston and in London. And then also, we're going to discuss um, some basic outdoor races because track is back, baby. And we've got uh, the Peyton Jordan race going on. Peyton Jordan going on tonight and tomorrow afternoon is um, the the Doha First Diamond League race. So we're going to give you a little bit of preview of those two um races and uh i think we'll be f- plumb out of time at that point in time what do you think Tomek?
1: yeah track is back because may 1st it's official day when uh, athletes can make um, uh, qualifying marks for doha world championships and as well as olympic games so you know there's it's it's time to start chasing those marks they're pretty pretty tough but you know we, we'll talk about it later
0: Yeah, we'll talk about that later, but it is um, it is exciting that track is back. Um, You might think that we just got finished with it because we talked about indoors, but indoors and outdoors are two completely different worlds. And um, again, we'll talk more about that um, a little later today and I'm sure in the coming months. So first of all, let's talk through Boston. I'm going to give a quick short overview of what happened. I think anybody that watched it that's listening to this podcast is probably already, there's no surprises about what happened. But in the first place in the men's race, I want to tip my hat to the great Tomek Boginski because he called this race in advance offline. I can attest to it. He said that Lawrence Toronto was going to win. And I will tell you, even up to about 10 seconds before the finish of the race, I was chuckling thinking, oh, look how close Tomek got, but he didn't actually get it because I thought there was absolutely no way that Lalisa DeCisa was going to get out kicked over the final 100 meters. And uh, sweet Jesus, what a race, Tomek. It was a race of the ages, the the closest, not the closest Boston we've ever seen. I think um, we've had some closer Bostons, but or at least as close as Boston's. But the way this one played out, the way that they um, went after each other, and the incredible last 2K where you had three athletes still together and then down to the last 800 when you had two athletes together and then they just went at each other blow for blow. Lawrence Toronto gets the win in a 2.07.57. Lalisa DeCisa runs a two o seven fifty nine, two seconds behind him, but it was closer than that. I mean, it was... It, it When Decisa could not get by him, he kept pressing and pressing. He, he His legs buckled and, and he had to back off because he was going to fall down otherwise. Um, but two seconds separated them. And then in third place was um, Kenneth um, Kipchamoy, who was 208.07, only about eight seconds behind um, Decisa and Toronto with a great, great race. Um, then also, I want to make a comment about the men, the U- the U.S. men. And I'm just going to give you, uh, we had. It's seventh and eighth place finishes um, overall. In Scott Faubel with 209.09 from the Great NAZ Elite, and then um, Jared Ward, uh, eighth place Olympian at Rio, was eighth place in a 209.25. Both of them ran amazing races, and we'll talk a little bit more about their race in a little bit. But men's race, Tomat, give me your play-by, give me your basic overview, and, and the, some of the key things that you saw. That point that came out that you were just that was just so exciting to you.
1: Um, it was just so many hitters, you know, and, and I think everyone was a little bit scared actually racing fast and, and that was actually perfect, perfect for American guys because that was exactly 209 to you know sub 210 pace which worked perfect for them at the end and anytime uh, you know the, the elites would would slow down and americans would either be on the front or when they accelerated they would be a little bit on the back keeping keeping steady and yeah and it was amazing um when they started really racing after the hills or right uh up around the hills and 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 then it was just incredible finish i I mean, Lawrence Chirono had a similar situation in Amsterdam. He he won twice in a row, um, and I, I watched watched that race last time. And even though he was clear first time around, but uh, second time around, but first time he he came to to two men's sprints not as close as with uh, the Caesar, but uh, <laughs> he he was he he, tell, uh, he says about himself that he's not really good at sprinting, but I guess uh 70 seconds for the I, I forgot how fast they run last half a mile but uh, but you know of course it's not like super fast but fast enough <laughs> right
0: yeah did when you watch them coming down that turn knowing oh, that, the history of Lalisa decisa especially with his wins um, his most recent win at New York City where um he basically outlasted um two of the greats of all time and 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 kicked into the finish there yeah. did you think decisa was going to beat Toronto or were you still confident that your pick was gonna was gonna prevail
1: no no not at all I had no idea I mean thesa looks so like wobbly and you know like flailing his arms at, at, at one point I thought he's like blocking the other guy and and I was like, he either fall, he either falls down or wins the race, you know. And but uh, it looks like Toronto was just a little bit maybe time because that straightaway, you know, it's like go now. It's it's kind of you know. It's, it's so it's, long. It's so it, long, exactly.
0: And yeah. I you know I think that really when DeCisa made his move before that turn, even I mean he turned he made his move just as they were getting ready to go before they even turned on Hereford and, and you know hadn't even taken the left on Boston, so he went in my opinion he went too early like, like you could just see when he went it was like I think he thought he was going to destroy them and pull them up, get them off his wheel. And when it didn't happen, you could kind of see in his in the back of his head, like the the elephant was starting to climb on his back and the yeah. piano as well. And yeah, I thought, oh my God, how is he going to hold these guys off? But he unbelievably just kept driving to the finish. Um, and you know, I guess kept thinking De Cici was going to win, but Chirono did look the best over the entire last 800 meters. I mean, if I was just going on visual looks, I should have given it to Chirono. But DeCisa's ability to close out races, he's a Boston winner in tight, He's, you know, he's he's just a known quantity, whereas Toronto, even though he had won Amsterdam twice and won them in relatively close order and had run pretty fast, he just hadn't won a race of this caliber. And um, but again, I, I, I think Lawrence Toronto is someone to be paying attention to. Um, I think he's someone to be talking about when we talk about the medals at and um, Tokyo. And uh, this was a big coming out party for him where I think the, the close fans knew who Toronto was, but those who didn't before definitely do now.
1: Yeah. So what about Americans? What do you what do you what do you say?
0: So I was unbelievably impressed with their race, but I was just thinking about this. I was on a run this morning um, (coughs) with Kristen, and I was talking to her about uh, I was ranting, as Sisson will do sometimes. Um, we were discussing a wide variety of topics, and we talked about the, the, pre- the prevalence of science and how, how everyone is, all tr- coaches are now talking about they need evidence-based results, evidence-based theories on why they're going to do X, Y, and Z. And I said to her, God damn it, Bill Rogers didn't have any problem. And in 1975, he won the Boston Marathon, and he ran it in 2:09." Um, I think it was 209.55 or something like that. He won that race with a cotton T-shirt printed with a Sharpie on the front for the Greater Boston Track Club that he ran in. He stopped through the water stops and drank water, ran 209.55. That's 1975. And so we're excited about the Americans. Scott Falbo ran a great race. I think we're seeing a resurgence in them. Jared Ward runs 209 as well. But Bill Rogers did this in 1975, and so I, I'm not, I am not coronating Americans yet. I think this is what happened. I have a theory, Tomek, and you can tell me if you think I'm wrong or not. I think because the race went slower that the reason why those two guys – spe- but both of them were at the lead for a little while. Both of them took the lead during the course of the race, um, and Fable was there for a while, and he kept sniffing it, and he stayed the longest. But I think because they were in the race, they ran better. And they ran the times that they ran because they got excited and they saw themselves in the race. And what happened with Bill Rogers? He was winning. And because he was winning, he's able to stay at the front and run these times and run times that really are not, frankly, that impressive. Certainly not in 2019 is a 209 impressive, except that the general complete suckage of American marathoners, is so high. I mean, and I'm not denigrating these guys. I'm just saying Americans have not come long for the ride the way um, even Europeans have. I mean, we're still behind, and we're still behind to the point that I can say 1975, Bill Rogers only runs 30 seconds slower, completely by himself, walking through water stops with no sponsorships whatsoever
1: yeah yeah you're right you're right uh, what what's been yeah i uh, speaking about europeans it seems like the the standard now is to run 207 you know if you want to be competitive because everyone is just keep setting those national records uh holland recently and belgium and bought 207 and switzerland and and i know there's some of them uh, african descendants in those countries but but still you know that there's no no white norwegian in 205 and and more as well and and so on so yeah i I think you're right because i when i was reading that book and about that race about bill rogers i just like i couldn't believe you know the guy is just he's just free spirit pretty much and just just goes for the win and time time was what it was you know nearly world record then
0: and this uh, is to take nothing away from scott Fauble and nothing away from jared ward it's just a a sort of a damning indictment about the state of american distance running and i think because americans aren't in the lead and don't get a chance to race uh, to to win races it makes it harder for them and i don't know that my theory is correct about that that fact that they were so close, um, and that maybe kept them in it longer, and so they had better race results. I don't know, but um, it, it's great racing from them. I'm excited to see them. I'm excited to see some depth there. But we're not going to see an American on the uh, uh, an American on the podium at the re- at the uh, Tokyo Olympics unless it's Galen Rupp.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but but it's you know I wonder what other now things you know because it's Galen and, and those two and it's two o nine guys and like everyone else needs to really step up to if they're thinking about going even to Tokyo, you know. So this is that, true. It's 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 good. It's different different level right now. So amazing.
0: And we will. And I do think the other thing is is the good thing for these two guys is the way that they've changed now. The I uh, I mean this race won't. I don't know, I think this race counts for the Olympics. Uh, I don't know how it all works, it, but for,
1: it does. Top ten, top ten. Right, they like, get Mexico. they get it
0: because they're top ten. They don't have to yep. worry about the time. So you yep. get top ten in a in a in a big European in a big meet like a big race like this, and you're majorly able to get into, to, um, which is kind of weird and strange. We could talk about that some other time. But um, again, Boston was amazing. Um, I was excited about the men's race, and the women's race was really interesting too. Um, Worknesh Degefa who had won at Dubai twice went off the front and just ran away from everybody, just destroyed the field and then started to slip. And the the great, the, a big pack behind her got smaller and smaller. Des Linden was in there for a little while. She took the lead a couple of times, then came off, then came back. Um, Jordan Hase in that pack. But the great end of Gippa got after she's coming down the downhill on the back end, starts to try to pull Worknesh De Geffa back in and does an amazing job, gets very, very close to her, almost pulls her in, but Worknesh has just gotten too far ahead, and um, what a great win for De Geffa. She did not fall apart. She kept her head. I, I, th- I thought there's no way they could catch her, and then... And then the way Kipplagot started closing on her, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna, this could, this could get there." But De Geffa kept it together, won the race. But man, Jordan has say back. You know what I mean? Yes, she was still, you know, t- three and a half minutes behind the winner, but she was in a big race. She again was at Boston, got the job done, got third place. And I don't think, I don't think Jordan's at one hundred percent. I'm going to make a big bold claim here and i think jordan has with this result puts herself in the driver's seat from the u.s side in terms of who's making the olympic team um we've got another that we'll be talking about who raced in london but that's what i'm thinking what are you thinking Tomac? Ha- talk a little bit about the women's race and and jordan Hesse in particular
1: oh, absolutely she, she i mean first thing she finished the race she, she talks about breaking american record in chicago you know she was just she finished on a high note, and she she said she they they missed two, three weeks of of you know extra maybe uh, will make her a little bit sharper, but maybe it's on the on the uh, it's for the good, you know that that she didn't got too sharp and and after such a long break so um, she said she was lacking speed and she was joking if alberzo can later start doing sprints you know first week after the, <laughs> the, the boston which is like funny i mean but but you know what amazing came up from boston race was was a little little uh, lesson uh des linden would would kind of tempered down uh, hasa's nerves at the beginning when the gefa started pulling away and couple other uh, with her and and she said you know there's plenty to raise no worries and we we will come back and and jordan listened and 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 really appreciated afterwards those little comments so I'm I'm excited for Jordan and and I hope she stays healthy and and you know that's another marathon behind her belt and experience so it's it's good for her but it was very exciting cuz you know especially Edna Kiplagat she she just she just turned on and uh, you know and it seems like was like definite win for the Gefa at the end was like not so sure you know and uh, yeah. another little Thing about uh, Kiplagat, I read that she, uh, I believe, received a green card and wants to settle down somewhere outside uh, Boulder, Colorado, with her family to to kind of provide better education for her kids. So that's that's something. Maybe she will start a training group or whatnot. You know. So that's pretty fun. Yeah, we'll
0: see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, one last point before we leave Boston, Tomek. Um, what the hell hat was going on with Joffrey Caruay? I mean, uh, I, I I probably would have picked him for the win here, and it would have been because he's won here before, and last year he should have won here if it hadn't been um, for his for the weather, and he made too big a push and then got destroyed like everybody else did, but got second there. Now, at Chicago in 2018, he did not have a good day. He has shifted away from his coach in the past, who was Canova, and how he has moved on to being self-coached, and damn if that is not a bad move for him. I'm not saying it's a bad move for everybody, but this is not working for Joffrey Karui. He looked like hammered horse shit on a fucking cracker out there, and I I hate to say this, but a guy who I thought was a shoe in for a medal and could potentially take down um, the great Kipchoge is now off my list of potential potential guys to keep an eye on at Tokyo unless we see some major change but I was very disappointed and think you may we may never see Joffrey Karui again at the level that he was at he the way he got beat here the way those guys accelerated and left him you know he was in that pack there with two miles to go or three miles to go and he just got destroyed it is not a good sign for Joffrey Karui.
1: No, I agree. It's it's unbelievable. Those guys have just a great example, living example value. Kipchoge, and then you know what he does, and you can read about it left and right. And yet they they don't try to copy. You know, it's like how do you not copy the best guy in the world. You know, it's just like just do simple things. But but another thing, I don't know if you've seen the the, the couple a few days ago, a New York Times article came out uh, talking about. Uh, some you know, not so not so not so happy endings for many of those marathoners when they blow first winnings and then just lose, distract themselves with with little money and and then just ended up not not performing anymore and disappearing very quickly and a sad sad ending for many. But you know, yeah, I I hope it's not true what you're saying and, and a guy can turn around and 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 still still challenge but it won't be easy you know getting beat like that's is, is not easy to come back
0: yeah he's one of my favorites he'll always have a place in my heart for the way that he was decimating people two years ago but um, I'm not gonna be able to put my money on him anymore at least not in the short term so um, turning our attention over to London holy shit is all I can say I mean we we're all talking about the coronation of Ily kipchoge as the goat as the greatest of all time in the marathon which was um pretty much undisputed prior to london and i think that this race um basically at least in my mind said um he doesn't have to do anything else this is it what he just did cements him as the greatest of all time as a marathoner i don't care if he gets 10th at the olympic games in 2020 in rio um this race on the heels of his london race last year his world record at um at berlin this past september in 2018 and then this win where he wins the race in two hundred two thirty seven um, with competition nipping at his heels throughout the entire race Um, Once his Pacers let go, um, he did all the work. And he had three guys in behind him tucked in three Ethiopians who basically did absolutely no work, they rode in on him. Uh, many times Kipchoge was waving to them to try to get them to come in and do some work and, and take some of the load um, as he was clicking off um, 434, 436, 437 miles and leading that race and pulling those guys. And yet Tomek, there was not even a, a blip in him. It, even when he was waving them in, To me, it seemed like he was just saying, "Hey guys, wouldn't it be nice for you to do some work? Maybe you could have a little pride in your win if you should choose to, if you can possibly beat me." It was not this panicked view that you see sometimes of people. He never got his dander up. He never seemed to get frustrated with them. It was more along the lines of, "It would be nice if you could come in here and do some work." They they demurred, and he continued to just drive the goddamn train down the road. It was unbelievable the way that that race played out. Um, to give a short review on on that race, Kipchoge leads doesn't make a move until about um, uh, it was about 40, seven minutes yeah. from the finish. I think it was one fifty five. I was
1: yeah. mm-hmm. what's that? That was like forty k, right? The, that was right yeah. It was like one fifty five into the race, the and, he,
0: um, and he and the finish is at two oh seven. So I mean two oh two. So he, I just saw him accelerate. And when he accelerated, you could see the guy who got third, um, Wasi Hoon, Mule Wasihun. Hoon, um, he just kept trying to turn his gears over. And I saw him dip his head. I saw him move his arms. You could see his mechanics change completely as Kipchoge's did not at all. Now. The guy who got second, Mosinet Garamu, he actually looked really, really good. And throughout the entire race, I was most worried about him. Even though um, Kitada, who was got second last year and was with Kipchoge to the 25th mile in 2018, was still right on in that, in that pack, you could tell Katata wasn't quite as sharp as the other guys were. Those two other Ethiopians, man, they were straight-up assassins ready to get the job done. It looked like I was a little bit of tension in my, in my shoulders creeping up as I saw how much work Kipchoge was doing. But his face was still Yoda-like. He was completely relaxed and calm. He had no blip whatsoever. And then, when he made that move, um, it was over. It was just straight up over. He wins the race in 2:02.37, which is the second fastest time ever run in the world. Um, the only athlete, and it breaks the former world record that he broke in Berlin. So now he has the number one and the number two times in the world of all time. And yet, Mosinet Gebremu comes through and gets the third fastest time that's ever been run, um, a fourth fastest time that's ever, no, he got, no, he got third fastest time that's ever been run at all. And the second fastest in the world at this point in time, breaking the former world record before Kipchoge, um that and and i ha- held an unbelievable race and it's crazy Tomek. when i think about it and i watch that race again i watched that last two or three k a couple of times i mean it's still just amazing that with that little a difference between them basically you have a 19 18 second differential between the two but there was no question who won that race
1: right 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 I mean, those guys, they just had a, who who gets a pacemaker that, that, that pulls you all the way to forty of K, right, 20, 25th mile, it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, those guys should just bow. And I mean, without him, the, I don't know if they, you know, they could run probably sub two or four, but you know, but you could tell. Uh, uh, Gabriel you I, I, I keep I keep looking because I, uh, like you I, I thought he was the the biggest threat for, for Kipchoge and he keep after like 37th or maybe about that he keep looking at his watch and I was like
0: I noticed he, that
1: why is he keep looking at his watch and it's like man he, he might be he doesn't look like struggling but maybe his mind you know how long how much longer how much longer right and 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 then kipchoge goes uh grab his drink and at that point have you noticed he, he he didn't really even drink anything he he like took some and spit it you know he was cranking those 420 some mile kind of like like the pace he he does like as we were talking last time how his k repeats pretty much and and just accelerates and and yeah like you said it doesn't seem on the result page doesn't seem that much difference but it's like you know i would say two classes right there
0: yeah those who know who have been in races like that like you and i have where we've run at a high level and we've had people who were right next to us and if they accelerate away from us the way that kipchoge did you are destroyed now these two guys kept it together impressively, but they probably didn't even consider. And a lot of that probably was because they never thought about winning. You know, I mean, I, I don't know that they thought about winning. You know, at that point they're like, if Kipchoge falters, maybe I can win but he's in the driver's seat That's what it felt like. And so they were just time trialing. They were staying with him for as long as possible and they got towed into something amazing. And you know, I, I don't look at these two guys as two guys I say, oh, they're podium at the at, at the Olympics necessarily. I do think they're incredibly good. I mean, who, who the fuck is gonna be on the Ethiopian Olympic team? I mean, Jesus Christ, they, they are so deep right now in the world on the men's side and on the women's side. I mean, the Ethiopians, if you put the Ethiopian men and women in the the marathon up. I think they're better, deeper than the Kenyans are. I mean, it's or at least as deep. It's just crazy who's gonna cho- who's gonna make those Olympic teams. But it's like those guys were running a time trial, and Chirono and and De Sisa were racing, and that's a difference. You know what I mean? There's a difference between what was going on in those two races, and you can really feel it, and you could really tell, at least from my perspective. Um, and again, we have already. Coordinated and, and talked so much about Kipchoge I just would really like anybody that has the ability to go back and watch the last mile of that race When, from, as you said from the time Kipchoge takes his water through to the finish line and you are watching the greatest in the world the greatest athlete in the world doing what he does better than anyone else in the world does it and dispatches the two two other guys, who one guy who breaks the world record, the other guy who gets top five performance of all time, and he just blows them up over that last mile. Ilya Kipchoge can win from the front. He can win sitting. He is like a marathon Mo Farah, right? Like in the World Championships where Mo would just keep grinding and grinding and grinding, staying at the front, not letting anybody come by. But whereas Mo would always look over his shoulder and jockey for position and check people, Kipchoge is 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 the Buddha. He's the Yoda. He's not focusing on anybody else in that race. He's just doing his thing, and he is incomparable and the greatest of all time and in my opinion the greatest athlete that's currently plying his trade he is at least as good as bolt at in his event if not better than bolt um we have never seen anything like kipchoge and as we heard He's not done. He says he's going to run all the marathon majors. So we should see him at New York. We should see him at Boston. We should see him at Tokyo, places we haven't seen him yet. And so that's incredibly exciting as well to think that this guy's not done. And we know he's going to be on the starting line at the Tokyo Olympics at Rio for sure to defend his Olympic title. Uh, this guy's not done. And his coach, Patrick Sang, said he still think he can get the world record. He can break his own world record.
1: Right. <laughs> And yeah, I'm unbelievable. I but oh, but to answer your question, do you know who's gonna be on the Ethiopian team? I believe Haile uh, Gebrselassie will come back, so he can beat. Uh, <laughs> so, he, so he can beat Mo Farah in the direct fight, you know. <laughs> oh, what a hammer,
0: What a whole bunch of horse shit that all was before the race, huh? <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. I couldn't believe. Yeah, Mo Farah Tomek is referencing. couldn't, could, uh, couldn't yeah, keep his re- Yeah. Go yeah, ahead.
0: Tomek is referencing a a little a, a little verbal um repartee or battle that went on between the great Holly Giber Selassie and Mo Gabriel Gabriel Selassie was talking smack about um a little throwdown fight that may or may not have happened um and, and 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 cast aspersions on Mo that he that he actually was getting in a fight with a woman or anyway it, all those things got blown got got pushed away Gabriel Selassie over overplayed that hand and tried to make drama in a place that didn't and much a mar in my opinion, on Gavris Selassie's um, reputation as a gentleman and as a great of the sport. Of course, it has nothing to do with his running ability. It's just that kind of drama does not need to get played out, and he did not need to insert himself when he was not there in the experience, and um, it it all got patched up. Uh, Mo basically said, I tried to keep it as little as possible, but even he's a drama queen, so he had to get involved, and it was just much ado about nothing, as the great Alberto Salazar said, this is stupid, I don't know why anybody's talking about this, but yet, the media decided to play it up. Um, at the end of the day, it had nothing to do with anything. As Mo Farah got fifth place, still ran a pretty darn good race. I think Mo Farah in a competitive, tight race that he can hang on um, is dangerous. You know, The one thing I was gonna say if we had done a preview of this, Tomek, was that I thought that Mo Farah's best approach was going to be going out and taking it to the field and taking big risks because he wasn't going to get lambasted by anybody if he failed by doing it, and he might be able to see if he could get Kipchoge on the ropes. Um, but he was dispatched at the halfway point. I mean, he still stayed relatively close, and he ran an incredibly good race. He had his own pacer there for a while, but he held good rhythm, and he's held fine, and he ran a fantastic race for getting unhitched. But what the fuck is he doing, getting unhitched? I mean, if you want to win this thing, if you want to be in the mix, you got to put your nose in there and you got to run with these guys. I I have a less, a little less respect for Mo Farah for the way that he ran this race, not because if, if this was his first time to run London or to run London at that level, I would I wouldn't have said that. But he won Chicago. He's supposed to be competitive. He needs to win a marathon major. Put your nose in it and go for it. Um, what do you? What's your take on that?
1: no i agree he, he he just you know there are th- four guys ahead of him and you know those ethiopians he he sh- for sure the weather was was pretty good in general you know so but something was off you know something he couldn't couldn't go i mean maybe that 61 uh, first half uh, 61 and a half i guess was so was not really that fast but so i mean he maybe all that drama before the race, who knows, right? He says it didn't affect him, but he, he who knows, but he was pretty much all in no man's land, you know, by himself and that's, that's not easy, even though, you know, everyone is cheering for him, but he's just, you know, the way he runs, if you, if you notice, he just would sit on the back of that big pack, which is probably, it's fun. He has this kind of loping stride, so maybe he doesn't want to get tangled and tripped and whatnot, so, but, yeah, when, when those guys were going, he should have stayed closer and, and see, you know. He has he had nothing to lose, you know. He he would, he could, you know, like Kitara, he, he stayed as long as he could. And he ended up, you know, two minutes behind his countrymen. But, you know, he tried for sure. And he, he gets a better credit from me than, than Farah can get.
0: Yeah, I think something just wasn't quite right with Mo as, as he was... He didn't even look good in, at, early on in the race, you know? So, um, and it may be, have been his plan to be more competitive, but he just didn't have the gears to do it. So, but I, you know what? It, it, you got to put your nose in there. What's going to happen if he feels the same way in Tokyo? He's got he's to go. I mean, he's not going to be acceptable for Mo Farah to get fifth place at the Tokyo Olympics in the marathon. It's just not going to be... That is going to be an abject failure if he does that. And guess what? It's likely... It's likely he could be even worse. worse. (laughs) I mean, with the level of combat, it's a good thing that the Ethiopians and the Kenyans can't send eight guys because they might be in front of them. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> right right but you know speaking you, you were talking about those ethiopians I, I believe you know if if they never run with kipchoge again they, they're not gonna lower those prs you know they just did and they're just gonna be 204 205 guys and and that's fine you know but but like to what you were saying about kipchoge pulling them in a the perfect race that's that's uh, you know that's different story than being competitive you know in tokyo
0: yeah i mean the pacers couldn't stay with them you had the best guys in the world there's no one can can we've now seen people can't even get to 30k with kipchoge i mean i think he when did they leave him i think he he was like 25 very fast
1: Oh yeah, yeah yes, and, and exactly,
0: or even before At 25k, I don't even think they were there. I mean, I was shocked when I I sort of fast-forwarded because I didn't watch it in the moment. I fast-forwarded a little bit and I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, where's the pacers? They're already gone." And Kipchoge was at the front doing the work and right. occasionally, you know, he would do that wave up to get people to come up. I mean, how many times did he do that? Like three or four times where he asked people to come give him help?
1: Yeah, yeah, most, yeah, exactly.
0: But he, but maybe, anyway, he, he he just, yeah. he, just yeah. did, he just did He just did the work just and and dispatched an incredible field speaking of incredible fields as good as this men's field was as amazing a field as it was assembled and what we thought might happen there was no doubt before the race which of the two fields was better because the women's field at the London 2019 Marathon was unlike any field ever assembled in the history of women's marathoning. In my opinion, in the history of marathoning period, that women's. Um, I was more excited about the London women's race than the men's race because I just thought it was a foregone conclusion that Kipchoge would win. Um, and damn if Bridget Kosky does not steal one for the ages, beating the three of the greatest of all time three of the greatest marathoners women's marathoners of all time and she's in that list beforehand but i think she probably would have been third or fourth on my list but she beats vivian chariot who won here the year before who has a, a medals in the 3 in the 5000 and the 10000 and um won london last year who i think many people were feeling vivian chariot was 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 along with mary katini tiny the 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 one we would be thinking about as a gold medal winner in 2020 at Tokyo and Bridget Kosge just destroyed her the way she ran that race she surged and surged and surged again. I think she surged five times, four or five times. I thought, okay, it's over. Chariot got back on her, and then I thought she's going to dispatch her, but she couldn't. Koskei would throw down again. Unbelievable show! She runs two eighteen twenty, beats Chariot by two minutes when they were together at twenty three mi- twenty two miles or so, um, and then uh, Rosa Jerry goes two twenty fifty one. You had three, you had. Four Four, three women within six seconds in third, fourth, and fifth. Mm. Rosa Dejeri goes two twenty fifty one, And who's in fourth? Gladys Chirono. And then who's in fifth? The great Mary Katini at 220, 58. They were all together. Uh, but. But damn, Tomek, if there was nothing to talk about because it was the Bridget Koskei show and Chariot was the only one to really go with her when the game got became a foot and she could not go with Koskei in the way that she ran that race. It was an unprecedented and surprising race for me to see Koskei win this race in the manner in which she did. What was your view on that?
1: Uh, yeah, to give a perspective, 2.18, it doesn't sound that fast as you look at it, but, but 66, second half, it's... Uh, I believe she ran... About the same time as Marikitani in New York City, uh, as as I was kind of looking for for that those splits, but the way it was executed, you know, shot. I mean, a, a blow. I mean, punch after punch. Vivian would catch her and then he would go again and Vivian would catch her and go again and at the end, you know Two-minute gap. It's like it, it, the two minutes. Just you know what last two three miles really. Yes, absolutely uh, And and that was that was unbelievable So that that puts many people questioning the, the performance, but we'll see she's talking about breaking world records, and And we'll see but you know to that the slow time um, it, the the race was very strange at first. When I started watching, I, I saw this forty two year old Australian leading the race, and I was like, <laughs> "Wait a second, this is a, why are they showing Australian?" And they like. Oh, wait, she's leading the race. Like, what's happening? I guess the, the women were so, like, absorbed with, with the talent among themselves. They mm-hmm. were just like, you know, nobody really wanted to go hard. And Mary Kitani was not in, in her A-game. She, you know, before the race she was talking, she missed the half marathon, you know, as usually she would do before the, the marathon. And, you know, that kind of gave kind of a little bit... You know she's not top form and you know she's getting older you know how many times i mean how many years she's been winning those marathons and so that and so the race was a little strange until until second part where, where where the top women started going and that kind of separated everyone else which also separated two two top american um uh, women Emily Sisson and, and uh, Molly Haddle, which, you know, everyone was really excited to watch what's going to happen. And as I was saying, everyone was expecting Fast Time, but it didn't happen. So therefore, uh, you know, American women Times was not what everyone was kind of predicted, you know, especially maybe Molly Haddle. Everyone was thinking, I was thinking maybe 221, you know, who knows? I knew Emily Sisson, but then I thought Emily Sisson is going to beat her because she was, <laughs> The way she beat
0: her in that ten thousand that they ran yeah. recently it was it was a decimation of of her of her training partner, and you know I I agree with you I think. Emily's race was really, really good. And I think it was one she needed. It was sort of the layup that she needed. And the way that race played out, to get what she got is really good because she had to do that kind of in no woman's land, sitting back and and not knowing exactly what was going on because that those two packs were, those were three packs. There's the two up front, then the, th- the three next after that, and then her separated by about two minutes. And, you know, she sort of soloed that really well. I think Emily Sisson is somebody we, I, you know, I've been predicting for a long time. When she got on it, got to the marathon that she was going to be uh, an American to be reckoned with. I think she is um, certainly a favorite to be putting on that Olympic team Um, you know I was saying earlier about how impressed I was with Jordan's race and Jordan's success at this point right now I've got the edge to Jordan as the best American female distance runner I mean marathoner right now even with Amy Hastings's Craigs um, she just I just don't think that um, anybody if if we get a healthy Jordan no one can really compare with her Um, no matter what happens at the trials I don't think the trials are going to have anything to do with anything when 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 they all get said and done for what happens in Tokyo but Emily Sisson to me just cemented herself as the, um, era, the, the next in line behind Jordan in terms of just that level of consistent, that, that's a really good time and a really good field and a race where she had to work really hard for it. Now, Molly Huddle, that was a blow up. I mean, she just 226, 33 is a credible disappointment from her, and something where I'm sure she's licking her wounds now and wondering, all right, how do I get to the 2020 Olympic Games? Because that was a, unless she had some—I didn't read the reports for about her afterwards, so I don't know if there was some kind of dramatic situation that happened or or some other issue. But if this was just a a letdown mentally, that is not a good sign for her going into the most important time of the uh of the of her training cycle going in preparation for tokyo
1: Yep, she said it was an off day, and yeah, it's ah, uh, you you can't ask for for better scenario. And you know, she had she had a slow first half. I mean, slow, right on pace where she wanted to be, and then she had Emily Sisson if she wanted to go with her, and Emily just split it uh, a little bit negative split, not so much, but about thirty seconds, I believe. So it was perfect race exactly to for Molly to go with, but you know, who knows. And, uh, you know, I was speaking about that, that uh, Australian, Irish Australian, 42-year-old who ran two twenty-four eleven right after Emily Sisson, which is, which is just amazing (laughs) Uh, how 42-year-old Yeah, you, you
0: were, uh, you sent out a, you put a post on our training groups um, page about, uh, about a Tempo uh, magazine article on her and her training um, and I was I was like how do I know that name and I'm like oh yeah she was leading, she led, led at London for a little while um, really impressive for her and another sign that I like to say to people never give up never give in, your best times are ahead of you this is for anybody, like you don't have to look into your 40s and say I can't compete and I can't run my PRs when people tell me I have my PRs from before and then my, PR, my PRs from when I was young and my PRs from when I older i say hogwash bullshit you're limiting yourself you can go get your prs you can run as fast as you've ever run as long as you do the work and you stay consistent and you stay healthy um, and there's a proof right there in her result and her performance i mean that's her second sub 225 performance in in the last year and a half or so so that was a great result for her, great result
1: for her. yep so that's london and then the marathons are over right and what what are we doing next
0: they're over till Berlin and we don't we won't really talk about them again. What's next? Is track is back, baby. We're going to Doha oh, yeah. tomorrow for the uh, have s- for, ha- the- for a-
1: Have you seen the eight hundred meter have you seen the 800 oh my meter god. List? Oh my god. I it's, mean it's, and it's and it just got, just got better. It just got
0: better and the women's just uh, got better. What? Right?
1: Oh, it's got better, yes. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So it's like we a Olympic will. Final. We will right
0: there. Actually this women's 800 is one everyone should watch or at least check the results on because these three women these these three three of these women will never be running in an 800 meter again or at least not at the same level. Um, and the reason for that is that the IAAF was just upheld their ruling that basically said that anybody who has uh, a testosterone level or hormonal level above a certain number was going to have to begin to take um, some kind of um, they're going to have to get hormonal adjustments in order to drop their levels down to ones that would be comparable to what the IAAF sets for women, and that means that three women in the field: Castro Semenya, Francine Niansaba, and um, Margaret Rambui, the th- three of the four greatest 800-meter runners of the last five years who are all basically above levels that are going to be legal at the I, as the IAAF settings. We know Castro Semenya has basically already stated that she won't do that and she will move up in distance. She just dispatched the number, the, the, the best... Um, female South African in the 5,000 and destroyed her over the last f- eight, 600 meters in a 5,000 uh, about a week and a half ago. So her moving up to the 5,000 is um, doesn't mean that there's much of a difference for her. I think she's going to be competitive. It'll be interesting to see what Nian Saba and Wambui do. But this 800 meters is the last chance that they're going to have to be able to run the at this level with um the hormonal levels as they currently sit so we're not sure exactly what that means for ni and saba and wambui they haven't made any statements about it but Semenya has said i will not take those drugs i will not adjust my hormonal levels and i'm gonna run so she has to move up to races distances longer than the mile because anything the mile and below between the 400 and the mile is illegal to have whatever level of of whatever hormonal the situation is for them so am I saying that correctly Tomek or how much do you have to check me for what I just did no, <laughs> said it's,
1: it's perfect because the ruling um, based on Semenya's performances she she pretty much competed dominated 400 meters 800 meters and 1500 meters so mile as well so that's what the um, that's what the ruling is if if you um want to compete as a woman in those events because there's a proof right and then you have to you have to go under treatment and so that's why that's why 5000 meters is safe for now to to take or oh, hundred meters or two hundred meters. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know why I, that was. I guess pretty generous of of them. But you know, it's been, <laughs> yeah. it's it's been the last twenty four hours when this ruling came, uh, and it takes effective of May sixth. That's why they can run still uh, tomorrow. Um, it's it's you know, it, it's it's really t- touchy subject. But I, I think they 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 were really generous, and it it had to happen, you know, and um it's not easy on castes and many many people point that she has been um uh you know handling all of this situation as as much as as she can but uh you know my opinion is it 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 was for the better of the of the women's sport. you know because because was a little bit disheartening you know it's like everyone May as well quit so Caster Semenya can run. You know, it's like it doesn't make sense. But anyway, yeah, and even so her
0: even her two competitors who are also hormonally above in the testosterone level, above, above in terms of Nian Saba and Wambui, they're not as high. And you there's a difference. You can tell that there's a difference. Their physiologies are different. Right. And there's they're just different in terms of the way that they um that they compete and the and the style in which they compete but yet they were always in the last hundred meters to go all three of those women were always at the top and at the front and they were always at the top and at the front with another person named ajie wilson the great ajie wilson from um the philadelphia area new jersey she is now the heir apparent for the olympic gold medal in 2020 I'm sure there's gonna be a whole lot of people coming for her. But this is very good news for Ajay Wilson and one and, and news that I think will be met by her with a mixed opinion. I think they'll be in, in in part she'll be excited for the opportunities that she's going to have as a um, as a competitive athlete and, and her sponsorship opportunities and what this means for her long-term um, future uh, and, and winning an Olympic gold medal seals you and puts you in a position and, and she hasn't done it yet. There's going to be competition for her, but the level that Ajay is running right now, she's yeah. right in nip and tuck with Castro Semenya until the last 50 meters. And then Castor runs away from her. And so, and, and her only other competitors are really these other three, these other two women, and so this good news for for Aji Wilson, but I'm not sure she takes it completely great. I think she has stated many times she really wished that they would be able to continue to compete because that was who the competition was. So it'll be interesting to see what plays out after this. But for this weekend, on Friday, it's the last chance to see Semenya, Niansaba, and Wambui in their current situation competing at this level and i think that probably means that you're going to see an incredibly fast race and i think you're going to see Azy wilson go for all the marbles i think you're going to see her um act as if this is a uh at least attitudinally i think it will be an olympic final for her i think she's going to try to win this thing so that maybe she has a chance to shut the naysayers up what what do you say about that
1: <laughs> there is a talk you know is Castor Semenya going to break world records I uh, you know I, I don't think she is I, unless she faked it all the races she ever ran in eight hundred meters because she clearly you know just run like you said 5,000 meters so and was added to the field just just you just know, yesterday a few, yeah so, just yeah, yesterday
0: I, yeah just today actually I think right yeah.
1: today mm-hmm. today Europe time and mm-hmm. so yeah it, it's like well, is she really that sharp to break world records but if she does that's clearly says something but I mean it I don't <laughs> it's gonna I mean she 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 I don't know that she will win right she, i mean i never seen her lose, so there you go <laughs>
0: no i think she will win but i think you're going to see wilson do her best to try to beat nian saba and wambui who she's beaten both at different times right she's defeated them she just hasn't beaten semenya when semenya at the top of her game and so uh, yes, i agree with you but i do think ajay not going to go quietly into that good night i don't think she's just going to take a flyer on this i think she's going to go all the way in and we'll see what happens with the with what happens with semenya but let me tell you this Ah, uh, that world record is the dirtiest world record. Well, that's not true. I mean, yeah. I do think, I do think, uh the women's hundred and two hundred meter world records are probably the most doped world records ever. But I mean, it, it, they're both terrible, right? I mean, they're, they're the, right. the 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 one hundred, two hundred, and the women's eight hundred. And The women's eight hundred is uh, Martina uh, Jiricna or something like that. Krasochkinova. I, mean, I mean, that that when you see pictures of her, you are like. I don't. I mean, I would. I would be. I would walk away very quickly if she met me in a dark alley. Let's just say that she is. uh, Do a do a Google search for women's 800 meter world record holder, and when you see that photo, you will say, "Caster is." Definitely a female, and there is no competition there. So, <laughs> um, uh, but it will be interesting to see how that plays out. Now, moving over to the men's eight, holy shit, we've got a field here—an unbelievable field—is set up for the men's 800. You've got Emmanuel Career, Nigel Amos, who had, his, had a great, who had a great year last year. You got Adam Shot, um, your countryman from uh, from Poland. Did I say his name right? Is that how you say it? Shot. Yeah. Kshot. Yeah. Yes, and then Donovan Brazier is in that race who's going to be who knows what kind of level of Donovan Brazier we've got except that he's been running much more consistently and looks really really good um, this is going to be an incredible race you've got the four of the best in the world all at the first race at Doha it's going to be a great great race how do you see this one playing out or what What? Or what storylines are you interested in in this one
1: oh goodness me because Corey, Corey uh, didn't you know uh, f- for the record he trains here in El Paso with, uh, with the Paul Ehring, uh, mm-hmm. legendary, um, 800 meter runner from Kenya. So he didn't run indoor and Brazier on the other hand run full indoor season breaking 600 meter and 800 meter American records. So he, he's sharp and he's like to, for the context, he's, uh, being more consistent while he joined NOP Nike, Nike Oregon project last fall. So, I'm guessing he's... And Amos is a reigning Olympic champion. So, there you And go. crazy
0: as a mofo. Crazy mofo runner. That guy will run in any way. Uh, and shot will just sit at the back and wait and try to outkick everybody at the end if they all decide to get silly on each other you know
1: so i mean it's it's I, how fast they can go i don't know yeah but, but you know like i heard you know april is new or may is new i don't know july because you know last week or so we had like the second fastest 400 meter, right by yeah. mike mike norman and yep. 43 something i just don't even it was just mind blowing so it's it's everything is it's uh, it's hard to guess what's gonna happen but uh, well it's i i think the only thing about that race there is like 15 people maybe in the race so yeah it could it's be crazy be super crowded super yeah. crowded so it, like anything can happen but uh that that's two 800 meter men and women and then as um, we we've seen recently when we talk a lot about helen obiri who is running 5k uh, tomorrow and with the Ganzebe Di Baba, who may, you may know, she she has some world records but her performance is always either on or very off, so I And you know
0: who's in that, in that race with them? Beatrice Chepkoet uh, Cep- 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 oh. so Yes, the steeple current world record holder in the steeplechase. And so that, that Obiri and uh, Chepkoech is sort of a replay of World Cross Country Championships where Tomek and I went absolutely apeshit in our, our, our preview and review of that race. Um, and, you know, Obiri is definitely the woman to beat in this race. But at 3,000 meters and on the flat, I think that um, Chepkoech could give her a good run for her money given how fast her 15 is. And which Ginzebi will show up? Which debaba will we get? Will we get the woman who is um, renowned for doing, for showing up at big races, or will we get the one who's renowned? choking at big races so that's a really interesting f- race that will be interesting to play out and the men the men's 15 is also another race that people could pay attention to you've got um the, uh, the, the world champion and current um, best in the world at the 1500 and Timothy Chariot and he's going to race Elijah Managoy who's been he's gone toe-to-toe with many times and interestingly enough Elijah Managoy's uh, brother George is going to be in this race I think it's his the first time I think I will have seen him at least at this level so it would be interesting to see two brothers on the starting line um, who aren't Ingebrechtsen right <laughs>
1: that's, that's right and, but you know Doha is tomorrow but like actually tonight the, I'm excited about uh, uh, race in the Stanford campus Jordan uh, Peyton Jordan uh, meets. Uh, I don't have a. I don't have a floor truck subscription, so I won't be watching that tonight. But just so many um, top Americans. Everyone's pretty much on a start line, including Bauerman, boys who mm-hmm. just never race. So I'm. I'm. I'm super excited and. And Kajelka's so
0: in that race, running a exactly. five thousand.
1: Yep. And everyone is asking, why Kajelka is running 5,000 at Stanford? What's, what's, what's the purpose, right?
0: I know and, why. And the, do you know why?
1: The, well, no, I don't. Tell me.
0: Because it's a race, and that's what his coach tells him to do. There you
1: go. (laughs) Because his coach knows
0: he needs a good 5,000 meter workout. And the best 5,000 meter workout that guy can get is to race against a level of this. And no matter what happens, he'll be okay, right? If he gets out kicked because the race stays slow, then he will have learned some tactical things. And Alberto is playing a game where he knows, okay, let's see where my guy's at. Let's give him a great 5K workout and we'll see what happens. And here's a race right down the road. Let's go after it and let's get after it. I mean, this has been not something that Alberto just said let's just do a flyer on this right this has been thought out and planned out Um, but the rest of the field there you've got Ryan Hill you've got Drew Hunter who runs with Tin Man, who's going to be very interesting to see how he's doing at this point in time. He's been running stronger yeah. and stronger. We've seen some great results from him recently. He seems to be developing really well at that that 5,000 meter distance. I think he's somebody who we might be talking about as making an Olympic team in 2020. Um, and then you've got also Eric Jenkins. Now, both Ryan Hill and Eric Jenkins are sort of coming back from some injury-related issues. We'll see if they're at 100%. But I always I would always go to the Peyton Jordan meet back when I was coaching at the University of Texas and when I was a post-collegiate coach. Um, the these races will go off at like 11.30 p.m. at West Coast time, and so uh, no one will be awake watching them, not even you. You would have to go back and watch it later, um, and then the win- the 10,000 meters end up going off at like 12.30 Pacific, Central ta- Pacific Standard Time, so very, very late, um, and the women's 10,000 is one I'm really interested in watching, not necessarily watching, but hearing about, because what will Sifan Hassan do? How fast will she run? Um, and you know, you know what she's doing here. She's just going out trying to get her um, IWF standard for the world championships, she, which is 31.25. I think she should be able to do that relatively easily. Um, I don't think you're going to see her try to take a stab at the 30.30 um, European and Engl- the European record that's held. Um, uh, by what's her name? Uh, the English woman pa- fr- who's Paula. the marathoner, pa- Paula Radcliffe. Pa- but you. But I do think Hassan will. This is a great sign for the rest of the world to say, will we see Asifan Hassan and Alana Amaya, um, um, uh, 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 Alzana race at the? Uh, will Will she come back? The great Ethiopian who destroyed the field and set the world record at the twenty, at the two thousand twenty. 2016 Rio Olympics, when she completely decimated and destroyed the field, um, Ayana, I can't say her name. Anyway, she. Uh, Almaz yeah, Ayana. She just. This is this is Alberto sending a message. This girl can run the fifth, be the best in the world at the 15, the best in the world at the five, and watch her run the 10. Maybe we'll move up with her world with the way that she ran at the uh, at the half marathon. We know you and I both know this is the. Great female distance runner of the future, and it'll be great to see her run her first 10,000 meters on a track in really good weather um, with, I guarantee, perfect pacing.
1: Yeah, very exciting. And Jenny Simpson is running 5K, so um, pr- probably a lot of people. Who listen to us know jenny simpson she's she's known for for racing 1500 meters and being world medalist but she started as a three three thousand meter steeplechase in college I, I believe does she still have the record so
0: i think no i don't know no she doesn't have it anymore i think that record's gone but you know she did break four for the 1500 and 15 for the 5k um At at in the same year when she was at Colorado. So she's a real she's a real deal. Right. So she's she's been a 5000 meter runner before and she's run at a really high level. So um, it's it'll be interesting to see where her fitness sits. Um, The word I'm hearing out of Boulder with some people I know is that Jenny is fit right now. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that and how they're playing that out.
1: There you go. So that's that's the immediate track, and uh, next weekend I think is uh, relays. The world relays. The, the 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 event that is that is just focused on on different relays: four by one, four by four, four by yeah. two, and then mixed relays. I think that's that the event is held in um, Yokohama in Japan. So that that will be next, but. Uh, uh, this weekend is plenty. Oh, one one thing to mention: we should probably um, include a link. This uh, Saturday morning in Folsom, California, um, Nas um, Hoka Hoka One One athletes are going to try to break hundred k and fifty mile world records. Um, um, womsley what's his name? Uh, What's Wamsley's name? I forgot. Oh, uh, yeah. Jim, uh, Jim, Jim Wamsley. Jim Wamsley. Yeah. Jim Wamsley and it's going to run in he in a brand new shoes called Carbon X Hoka One One New Carbon Plate kind of distance shoe. And the record, 100K record is not easy. It, 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 it will take five five 549 per mile Ooh. to break. For 62 miles. Yeah. S- six six hours and nine minutes I believe is the record, and and they they try to break six minutes six hours and American records if comparison is uh, Max King's records and it's 624 I believe so anyway the it's the event is gonna be streamed live on um, Hawker's Facebook and YouTube channels so that would be fun to watch uh, you know Something else, and I, I believe also this weekend there's a half marathon US championships in, in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh. yeah lots of stuff it. going on this weekend, yeah, exactly.
0: So, keep your eye on what happened in that Let's Run. We gave you a little bit of a preview of what we think will be fun to watch at Doha if you get a chance to watch that tomorrow. If not, there's our uh, review of both London and Boston as requested, and um, expect to see Fanboys next week, too. We'll be bringing you some results that we saw and maybe some insights that we're interested in and um, excited to be back in the saddle, right, Tomek? Exactly.
1: We'll keep the ball rolling, right?
0: Yeah, we'll keep the ball rolling. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, tell the world we're out there. So um, until next week, we will talk to you later. Adios.